0: Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1. Thus said Jehovah, keep thy judgment and do righteousness, for near is my salvation to come and my righteousness to be revealed. The Lord is telling the people in Judah and Jerusalem to continue obeying him because very soon he is going to liberate them from the Babylonians. But he's also telling you and I today that his salvation is near, and we need to take advantage of it now, before he comes. He wanted them to be ready when King Cyrus liberated them. He didn't want them to be found in sin. And when Jesus returns, we need to be ready, not found in sin, or he won't take us up in the sky with him. God is not a doormat, and he's not a fool. He isn't going to save people who refuse to repent. Two, O oh, the happiness of a man who doth this, and of a son of man who keepeth hold on it, keeping the Sabbath from polluting it, and keeping his hand from doing any evil. You will be happy if you obey the commands of the Lord and keep the Sabbath. There's a huge debate today on what the Sabbath is. I personally believe the Sabbath is every single day of the year because in the New Testament it tells us that Jesus himself is our Sabbath rest, and Jesus is Jesus 365 days in the year. So to me, every day is the Sabbath, which means every day I must rest from sin and rest from religion. So you obey the commandments of the Lord, and you do what he says, and you help grow his kingdom every day. That's what I believe is keeping the Sabbath. A lot of people think it means physical rest on one day. I believe that that is the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, we have Christ every day. But regardless, no matter what you believe the Sabbath is, you should be keeping it. 3. Nor speak let a son of the stranger who is joined unto Jehovah, saying, Jehovah doth certainly separate me from his people. Nor say let the eunuch, Lo, I am a tree dried up. This says that Jesus will not reject foreigners who are not Israelites. Anyone who wants to repent of their sins and follow him will be welcomed into his family. He also will not reject anyone who is suffering. In this world, we judge people who suffer. We think, oh, if that person's missing an eye, they must have done something evil, and they must have deserved it, and God must not love them. But God does love everyone. In ancient times, they would cut off the testicles of a man, and then bring him into the king's household to serve. And this protected the king from his harem committing adultery. So the poor helpless eunuch was never allowed to have a family and a legacy. Even if you don't have an earthly legacy because life has not been fair to you, that doesn't mean that you cannot have a spiritual legacy that is great with Jesus Christ. 4. For thus said Jehovah of the eunuchs, Who doth keep my sabbaths, and have fixed on that which I desired, and are keeping hold on my covenant? When we get to the book of Daniel, we'll see that Daniel himself was a eunuch for life, and he never had a family. He served under, I think, five wicked kings of Babylon, and yet he was one of the most beloved and favored men of the Lord in the Bible. An angel told Daniel that he was greatly beloved of God. The Lord doesn't say, oh, you're not good enough for me. He loves anyone who follows him. It doesn't matter what the world thinks of you. It only matters what God thinks of you. So this verse says that the Lord loves the eunuchs who keep his Sabbath and who desire to follow him. 5. I have given to them in my house and within my walls a station and a name, better than sons and then daughters, a name age during I give to him that is not cut off. If in this world you're a big reject but you follow Christ, then in heaven you will have a name forever with the Lord and you will be treated better than any son or daughter could have ever been treated here on earth. There's a lot of people in this world who nobody pays attention to because they're ugly or something's wrong with them or whatever, but Jesus is paying attention. So no matter what your circumstance or station in life, fix yourself on him. 6. And sons of the stranger who are joined to Jehovah, to serve him and to love the name of Jehovah, to be to him for servants, every keeper of the Sabbath from polluting it, and those keeping hold on my covenant. He says the strangers or the foreigners, those who are not born Israelites, the Lord also takes them into his family when they serve him and love him. So there's hope for all of us, everybody can get saved. 7. I have brought them unto my holy mountain, and caused them to rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices are for a pleasing thing on mine altar. For my house, a house of prayer, is called for all the peoples. The Lord will accept offerings and sacrifices from anybody, whether that person is a foreigner or a gentile, they can still come to Jerusalem when the new temple is built by King Cyrus. And this is metaphor for the millennial reign when anyone from this entire planet can come to Jerusalem and pay homage to Jesus and obey him. It's also metaphor for today, anyone can be saved. Predestination, the way it's taught in most churches, is absolutely false. Yes, the Lord does know who is going to get saved and who isn't, and He knew 6,000 years ago whether or not you were going to get saved. So in that sense, we are predestined. But the Bible makes it abundantly clear in multiple verses that His will is that every single person gets saved. It is not His will that anyone goes to hell. So when people teach, oh, some people have to go to hell, no, that isn't the Lord's will. He made hell for Satan and the demons. He did not create hell for people. It was never his will for people to go there. People go there by choice, their own choice, not the Lord's. So we need to share the gospel with everyone. 8. An affirmation of the Lord Jehovah, who is gathering the outcasts of Israel. Again, I gather to him, to his gathered ones. Jesus himself will gather all of the outcasts, back into Jerusalem. Now this is a metaphor for the Good Shepherd gathering all of the outcast sheep back into the fold of the family, and those are the sheep that were scattered in sin. I hate to be bashing churches all the time, but the reality is churches are not doing us a favor today. They're not preaching the true gospel, and this is why so many people go to church and they get scattered in a sinful lifestyle, because no one confronts them about their sin. No one tells them that if you don't repent, you will go to hell. They get taught that as long as they belong to the church, they don't need to worry about their salvation. And that is letting the sheep scatter in sin. But Jesus speaks the truth, and then the sheep come back and repent. Because he says, you have to repent to be my sheep. And that's when they turn back. When somebody leaves a church, the pastor lets them go. But Jesus, the good shepherd, goes after you and says, what are you doing? He confronts you. 9. Every beast of the field come to devour every beast in the forest. 10. Blind are his watchmen, all of them. They have not known. All of them are dumb dogs. They are not able to bark. Dozing, lying down, loving to slumber. This is talking about pastors and priests who refuse to keep watch over the sheep. They are like lazy dogs that are sleeping and not on duty. And they're not barking when Satan comes to tempt people. And they're letting their congregation practice sin And they're not telling the people to repent, they're telling the people, oh, you're guaranteed salvation because you believe that Jesus died on the cross and you said the salvation prayer. And they don't bark and say, hey, you and your girlfriend need to break up or get married. The beasts of the field, which are the demons, come to devour our lives because the pastor doesn't bark and say, look, that's a demonic influence in your life and you need to repent. They're just happy that you showed up for Wednesday night and you put some money in the plate. 11. And the dogs are strong of desire. They have not known sufficiency, and they are shepherds. They have not known understanding. All of them, to their own way they turn, each to his dishonest gain from his quarter. This says the dogs that this metaphor is talking about are the false pastors and false priests and shepherds. They're only in it for the money. It's a career choice. They don't care if the congregation repents or not. And this is the state that we have in many churches. The pastor is there for the money, and that's why he won't offend anybody. And he wants all kinds of people from town to come and join his church no matter how sinful they are. Because the more people who attend, the bigger his salary becomes. So it becomes all about, oh, we're going to have a pizza party on Wednesday night, and we're going to have a carnival at Halloween because we want more people to join us. But he never tells people to repent because if he did that, they'd walk out the door. That's exactly what this verse is talking about. The religious leaders in Israel were doing the same thing. They wanted to please the people, so they said, Oh, you can give a sacrifice to the Lord, and we'll take part of that, and then you can also give a sacrifice to your idols, and maybe we'll take a little cut of that too. And that's how they were running the temple. 12 Come ye, I take wine, and we drink, quaff strong drink, and as this day hath been, tomorrow great, exceeding abundant. This is a metaphor saying that the priests were getting drunk with the congregation, In the spiritual sense, that's what's happening in churches today. The pastors are getting spiritually drunk with the congregation. They're drinking the wine of a false doctrine, and everyone's happy. We get together every week, and we have all these programs and all these events, and we're growing, and lots of money is coming in, and that's the wine that they're drinking, getting drunk on that false doctrine. Meanwhile, most of the people in the church aren't saved. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 56.